Grizzly Abner, and I am joined by Professor Wagstaff, Venomous Vinny. Good to be with you again, friends, as we dig into another episode of our new format. I believe this is the third one. I think so. Yep. Yeah. We did the 50s. So, 50s, 80s, and now this. Okay, 50s, 80s, and now, with anticipation, we are covering the films of... The early aughts, which is feels weird to say, the early 2000s, so that decade uh, from 2000 to 2009. Yep. Right? Uh, maybe if you threw a 2010 in there, that's fine. No one's going to be mad at you. <clears throat> I just panicked, checking my list. <laughs> yeah, right. I, Yeah. I'm nervous, too. So, uh, <laughs> here we are. Um, yeah, uh, a decade that surprisingly had some bangers. Yeah, I think we all kind of had the same experience in preparation for this. I was like, definitely yeah, surprised when I went back to look at what came out that decade. Yeah, I was like, there may be a few good ones, but I was like, oh, wait, I've got too many on my list. <laughs> I've yeah. Completed it. Uh, once I started getting into it, I was like, oh, okay, there was actually a couple of <clears throat> different movements during this time yes. that spawned off a bazillion movies, mm-hmm. plenty of which had you know quality ones in there. Well, and it's often remembered as a decade of remakes, which that's not untrue. Sure, that's part of it. But and most of those remakes, as we'll get into, I'm sure were were pretty good. At, but there were also surprisingly some original things in there that I didn't. I had spaced. Yeah, I tried to shy away from remakes for the list. I mean, but there's I tried to some notable ones. Yep. Yeah. So let's get right in. Who wants to throw out? Number 10 on their list. Professor. Me? Yeah. Uh, my number 10 was the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Great remake. Um, <clears throat> on paper, it should fail. Yeah. The original is seminal. It, it's Bonafide it's classic. still good. It's still scary and effective. Um, but the remake really kind of ushered in a more, uh, like, I don't know, a, a modern version on steroids. Yeah. It's it's still got the elements that made the original good, but it made it a really fun mainstream big time version. And it 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 got a whole resurgence of entrance interest in the originals and I feel like it really kicked off that whole movement in general. It's, it's a little success. higher on my list, but yes, it's a uh, they changed enough. Yeah. That it made it its own thing while still hitting beats of the original. But, god damn, was it a good movie. Would it have been as good without Arlie Ermey? Probably not. That's debatable. Yeah. And that shot through the, the girl's... Oh, man, in right in the mm. beginning. Yeah, I can remember yeah. that in the theater. Yeah. Oh, I was yeah. blown away by that. I was like, okay, alright, you got me. Yep. Um, yeah, I. every time we talk about this, I say it is. it feels hot. Mm-hmm. It feels nasty, <clears throat> just like the original did, and so that's that's. I think that's really the the cinematography of making it feel hot and nasty. Yeah. Plus, you had kind of wholesome youth stars in this, Jessica Biel, and the and the movie was so well made that it didn't matter because yeah. a lot of times that kind of knocks off, you know, a little bit of the the, the street cred of, of a movie like this. It didn't matter. Yeah, she yeah. did a, a fine job in it. The movie's a blast, and it's aged quite well. It's still very entertaining. So. Yeah, I agree. Venomous one. What's your number ten? While not pure horror, Underworld. Okay, that's one that I and and again, like we've said, these top ten lists are personal. Sure, personal top ten lists. Yeah, these aren't the best ten made. No, but Underworld. I love the big bipedal werewolves that are in this. 
I love the practical effects and the suits used for the werewolves. CGI is used sparingly. It's that hybrid that I really think the uh, Underworld probably owes its existence to the Wesley Snipes Blade movie. Yeah. Because uh, it's very much in that action style. But I think the vampires and the werewolf lore was handled so well in this movie. And it doesn't drag at all whatsoever. So number 10 for me, Underworld, 2003. Okay. Well, is it because of Power Hot? <laughs> That's part of it. <laughs> uh, here we go. Number 10. little film from New Zealand called Black Sheep. Mm. Ah. <laughs> that I is would, definitely a Grizz jam. I yeah. would be remiss if if I didn't bring up Black Sheep. I almost relegated it to honorable mentions, but man, it's just, I don't have the same magic that I did when it came out, you know, the first handful of times I watched it, but I'll still revisit it. I think it's fun. Uh, the effects are neat. Uh, it's, it's silly. Um, there are certainly some scary parts, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like with, I mean, anytime you're faced with a force of nature. Sure. <laughs> so, well, uh, and there's a certain charm that lends itself to something like a horror comedy from a different place in the world. That's yeah. Pretty fun. Yeah. And it, it doesn't miss. Like, you can show this to most people and they'll get a kick out of it. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, some, say, like, British movies, you may not, some folks may not get some of the humor in it. Yeah. Um, and the fact that Weta fucking workshops, that yeah. did the special effects for Lord <clears throat> of the Rings, did the special effects for this. Yeah. Yeah. So, there we go. That's my number 10. Um, so should we skip like we have before? So like you got to say your ten first. So we'll let sure, Vinny say we his. Sure, we should do that. We'll let Vinny say his nine first. Okay. Uh, Two thousand eight. Let the right one in. Oh. Mm. I don't know if you guys Fantastic. have seen that or not. Oh yeah. What is that? Is that a, a Swedish film? Yes, I think Swedish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic movie. It a guy. I remember. Low key was, good winter whore. It, oh yeah, probably in twenty or probably in. Yeah, right around that same time, probably, 08, 09, uh, I was at work, and uh, one of the guys says, hey, man, have you seen this movie? I said, no. Next day, he came in with a burned copy for me to check out, and I took it home, and it was so different than anything else I had seen. Yeah. Uh, for anybody who's not familiar, familiar uh, child vampires, like this... this uh, that befriends a bullied, lonely kid. Yeah, in the same apartment complex. It's, it's, oh, it's so good. Yeah, I need to revisit it. I, I've only it, seen. It I once. do too. It it's hit. been a while since I watched it, but man, I really like it. I had it on my list right outside my top ten as an honorable mm-hmm. mention, it, but it just could, could easily be top three in terms of worth. It's so damn good. There's some very the pool scene is very oh, disturbing. Badass. Like and the way yeah. they choose to stay above yeah. or underwater and above water so you can't fully see what's going yeah. on. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah it is. Nice. Nice. My number nine is Rob Zombie's Devil's Rejects. Mm. Uh I think yeah, it may surprise some of you that another film of his is going to rank higher. Uh, this time around, but we've also talked about that as we age, mm. kind of uh, the two films that jockeyed for position and, and yeah. where they were and where they are. So yeah, number nine for me, Rob Zombie's Devil Rejects. That was just such a experience in the theater. It was, and it was one again that I admitted I didn't really like in the theater because it didn't have the same fun that Corpses did. But when I let it be its own movie, it's it's kind of neat. I think it's still probably his best directing. Yeah. Um, as I get older, I tend to shift around what I enjoy from him a little bit differently. Um, but it was it was a big deal for yeah. this decade. It doesn't surprisingly it doesn't make my top ten list, uh, <laughs> but I knew it was going to be on probably both of your top tens, and it should be because for that decade, that absolutely is a movie that just in general for that decade. Decade itself, probably top ten. Not my personal taste, but in that decade, yeah. as far as impact, has to be. Sure. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. No, it's it's really good. It didn't make my list, but mainly because I I try and be uh, with variety. Yeah. So uh, my number nine, Hostel. Uh-huh. Um, mm. Not for everyone. Mm. I know that it kind of kicked off the torture porn that became absolutely exhausting. Um, but this first one was a lot of fun in the theater. It also is an interesting reflection of where we were at. I know we've discussed 
you know, with the documentaries in the past and night, nightmares in red, white, and blue mm-hmm. that kind of reflect where America's at in our mm-hmm. post nine eleven situation and kind of, you know, being scared of environments outside of our own. So I, it's just the combination of having something to say, kicking off a movement and just being flat out fun when it came out. It had to be in my top 10. It's, it's an honorable mention for me. Yeah. Um, it, but you know, there is another Eli Roth movie that will show up on my top ten. Same. But uh, yeah, Hostel was man. It was just I remember I was living in Louisville, and you texted me, and you were like, you, "Hostel just came out on DVD. Go buy it." Like, no, no, no questions asked. And yeah, you're right. Like, it, it wasn't new. It wasn't reinventing the wheel. It's you know, Eli Roth is one of the biggest horror nerds that directs movies today. So, I mean, he borrowed so heavily from earlier sure. exploitation stuff, but if you'd never seen all that earlier exploitation stuff, this was a punch in the face. Yeah. 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 I didn't like it. It's it's just that torture porn style of stuff is not my cup of tea. Most of it. I've seen it. Either. I've seen it once. Um, it was very effective. Yeah. With, <laughs> with that, the stuff leading up to it and then how it unfolds in the community that's cuz mm-hmm. i'm with you i the, the torture porn yeah. stuff is yeah. exhausting yeah. not a fan but i i totally see as a decade it has to be mentioned yeah. and what i love about it is i love a movie that makes you scared of x so like this yes. movie makes you scared to travel internationally yeah. this movie makes you scared to stay at a hostel you yeah. know what i mean and so um, i will always appreciate a movie that will give you an irrational fear of something typically pretty normal yeah yeah Okay, all right. Well, it's my turn now. You're in trouble. Uh, <laughs> my number eight is Stephen King's The Mist, but the black and white version. Very nice. <clears throat> uh, much higher on my list. Yeah, same. Much okay. higher on my list. Okay, yeah. So I <clears throat> this is a movie that I was kind of lukewarm on when it came out. I thought it was good enough. Um, but when I, when I got the DVD or Blu-ray that had the black and white cut on it. And I watched that. I was just blown away. And so I really enjoy this movie. I think the black and white hides some of its flaws. That I it agree with color. that hundred percent. And so, um, and just the way you just get sucker punched at the yeah, end oh yeah. of this movie is unreal. So, yep. Number eight for me, the mist. Um, my number eight is the ring. Um, it was a massive deal to me. It also started to <clears throat> grow interest for me in tracking down horror from around the world mm-hmm. once I learned that it was a remake. Um, I think it still holds up incredibly well. This also, you have to remember, the 90s outside of Scream had been <laughs> kind of, you know, it's pretty dormant. It was, you know, Everything it, was, if there was something out, it was a knockoff of Scream. Yeah, and there, there just wasn't much excitement. And then we had kind of this burst of, of things in the the you know the early years here and this was one of them that really got people in the theater checking it out um, and I can remember being unsettling with with the you know the montage of the video clips that are on the VHS that you play um, it's also funny how quickly this has aged out with the technology and, and the medium for how the story is told but it doesn't matter it's still really entertaining yeah yeah so number eight for me 2006. Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. That one's on my honorable mention list. Honorable mention for me as well. <clears throat> that so one, good. it was such a different approach. Like, Scream had already in the 90s started to dissect the horror genre, the slasher genre, and its tropes. This did that, but in a completely different way. Yeah. And gave it to you in a documentary style. Uh, just a very original piece that yeah. really stands out for me. Yeah, and it 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 breaks the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not afraid to do that. It's 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 silly, but still scary mm-hmm. in some ways. Um, this one became an honorable mention for me because with each revisit, it loses some of the original magic. But mm-hmm. if if I were to be honest about that original magic, it's it's definitely one of the best of the decade, mm-hmm. without yeah. a doubt. And it, and it kind of helped mark a movement of, of young, independent voices that um, were really kind of emerging after horror had kind of begun to thrive again. Yeah. So, I mean, it's an, it's a, it's an exciting era in that yeah. regard, too. And we, we never got our sequel. And I'm not one who bemoans not getting a sequel, but, you know, when he sits up at the end 
and they had talked about there was a sequel coming. It was like, what would they have done with that if they did? And why not? Like, because make it a straightforward movie this time around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine that the the money wasn't being offered to get that done. Yeah, especially with the success. I mean, where it, if the first one was profitable, who would be who would be not an idiot to to give the money to to a second one? Yeah. And I'm not one like you say to usually push for a sequel, but I think this one's completely doable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Professor, I believe you get to unveil your number seven. Um my number seven is Cabin Fever. Aha. Um This is one of the most fun movies in terms of experiences with it that I had for the whole decade. Yeah. This is right around the time that I moved up to, to college and um DVDs are just thriving. I'm watching this over and over again. It brought so many old school elements of horror back. It was fun. It was gory. Um, and it's still entertaining. I, I haven't loved everything that he's done since then, but I love Cabin Fever. Yeah, it's, it's a little higher on my list. It's actually my number five. Um, it's just, it's fun. It's silly. It's, uh, I just love the vision of it, uh, the way it's shot. The, the leaves on the ground mm-hmm. and, and, you know, these long, ominous shots. Like, you get these shots that you're like, oh, this big, like, foreboding, and then there's, like, a fart joke. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's it's playful. It's, it, it was for, for guys in their early 20s when it came out, it, it, it hit the mark big. Yeah. <clears throat> I, uh, I don't, I think it's been long enough. I'd just be bullshitting you if I tried to talk about it at this point. <laughs> <That's fine>. Yeah. <laughs> All right, then, what's your... Oh, wait, real quick, but Eli Roth, you talk about movements. I mean, this is when we get the splat pack. Yep. And so I think we would include, like, Ty West in that Mm -hmm. and Adam Green. So, for what that's worth. Number seven for me is the Friday the 13th remake of 09. Ooh. Like, and, and there are... I've got more remakes on this list than I probably would like to, but if I'm being honest with myself, as far as things that rewatchability, not just for the sake of uh, diversity of not having remakes on here, is kind of why I chose the way that I did. Uh, I'm not as big of a Friday the 13th fan as you guys are, but this, to me, is I, it's so well done to mix those first three to four mm-hmm. Friday the 13th movies into one, yeah, and yet still make it its own. Uh, I love the addition of the underground tunnels for Jason as to why he can pop up in the places that he is. I love the beginning where you see him watching his mother's head get cut off. Like It just fleshed out things that were a little messy just because the sequels, you know, they were making it up as they went along to, okay, how are we back from this? Uh, so it did a great job of working working those early things in, and I and I really just think it delivers. I, I, if I, I was gonna, I'll probably pop this in more than I will most Friday the Thirteenth movies. I just think it's a really really good remake. It's a one stop shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what I also like about it is that it blurs all those lines between a reboot, a remake. Possibly, you could even just call this. Friday the 13th part 11 the side cool <laughs> like it could be everything you know yeah the the remake was great because it put kind of the the it threw the money and the quality at it that new line did but it stuck to the basic premise that paramount always had success with and so you get these it, it's a well-made movie in a way that i i love the friday the 13th movies but they're flimsy they're, they're, you know what I mean? They're just silly slashers. I love them, but um, this really has that quality, but it's also not being put against some of the more insufferable plots that New Line explored, which is the property of Jason. And yeah. You know what I mean? So I agree. It didn't make my list, but it could easily be interchangeable with them. I loved it when it came out. It's still really rewatchable. Yeah. And, and the remakes that you both mentioned, Chainsaw and, and Friday, are, are two of my favorite films of the yeah. decade, yeah. horror-wise. I just... By the way, shout out to Hot Toddy for the, possibly creating the term side cool. Uh, and also, in the vein of Hot Toddy, I am disappointed that they never made a sequel to this movie, honestly. Yeah. It had such a strong showing for a reboot of a franchise 
that just fizzled and went nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, I needed at least one more. It was a good time. All right, rule number seven, right? Yep. My number seven is a little film called Session Nine. Ooh. Nice. Hmm. You ever seen that one? I'm trying. I got to look it up and remind myself. I, I bet you I have. A group of guys cleaning up an old uh, insane asylum. David Crusoe. No, maybe I haven't. Oh, man. It's a good one. It's a gem. That's what we we did that on the show at one point. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe that's something we start doing, re- revisiting some of our top mashes. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, Session 9 is just a unique movie um, that, is it a haunting? Is it a possession? Is it a psychosis? You, you never really know. You don't get the full answer. Um, genuinely creepy moments. Uh, also genuinely relatable film because you've just, you've had some like shitty odd jobs here and there where you've been hired, where you've come in to help clean up a place for a day or help, you know, work on building something for a day. And, uh, it's just that. And so it's, it's a good movie. I enjoy it. Very creepy. Yeah. And Scream Factory gave it a proper release. Yeah. So, all right, Vinny, I think you get to unveil your number six. Well, it's going to be short and sweet because it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Never but I mean, <laughs> that's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. Okay. Uh, my number six is a Korean film called The Host. Mm, yes. yes. One of your uh, <clears throat> finest contributions to the show. Because I'll be honest, I wouldn't have went out of my way to watch that. And I adore that movie now <laughs> it's so not good. on my list but it's honorable mention for sure i was that may have been the one for me that was like oh oh other countries have some shit going on i should check out well that's the thing if you were to ask me what would be what would be my favorite country that makes horror films outside of america it'd be korea yeah i mean fantastic stuff the host and train to busan and the whaling i mean they just put out Good stuff. I saw the devil. Yeah. I love that one. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I just love the host. It's a great creature feature. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a lot of heart, but it's also fun. Yeah. Um, it's a little long. I'll give you that. But, yeah. And the, the CGI looks great at the time. I haven't watched it in at least a few years. But, you know, there was, C- there was a mix of CGI and practical. And, um, yeah. It was fun, endearing, and it. Uh, I, I'd recommend it to anybody who's never seen it. Yeah, that was great. You know, number six. Number six. My number six is 28 Days Later. Ah, you were always a big fan of this one. Um, On my list as well. I. It's still really good. I, I love seeing a zombie movie <clears throat> not only from a different place in the world. It's got that um, bleakness to it that is always very encapsulating with, with movies like this. Um, but on top of it, the fact that they sprint, <laughs> it was, it was so engrossing when it came out. Cause it's like, Holy shit. Cause I mean, even at the time I was really getting back into the Romero movies at that point and getting those on DVD and watching them. And then you got this movie just popping, um, and really kind of reigniting the interest in it. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, everybody knows zombies. They shuffle. Well, this movie's taking that premise, but they're... actually, it's an infection yeah. movie. <laughs> yes, true. I've I've heard that endless <clears throat> times, but at its core, it's a zombie movie, and and it precedes the 2004 Dawn of the Dead remake. Yes, yep. So everyone, <clears throat> by, everyone was on board by the Dawn of the Dead remake, but this is the first one that yeah, really this shocked is everybody. What really got people going. Wait a minute, I like those old movies too, and and started really thinking about it again. So, to me, it really birthed a whole bigger thing and you think about where we're at with zombies now 20 years later um i i'd be remiss if i didn't bring this up because it made a big impact on me when it came out i loved it i haven't watched it in years and the reason why i watched it one time when i had the flu and then that night had fever dreams about that and it like real terror in the dreams nightmares that i haven't felt since i I was a kid wasn't that the time where you had to like wake up and convince yourself Yes. It was a dream. Yes. <laughs> Terrified. <laughs> Terrified. And I haven't put it in since because I was so uncomfortable by that after. But I, I agree. 
it's it's a very very good movie again showing me that uh, other countries were doing things as well and it's I mean top shelf director Boyle the so cast see, is fantastic this, this essentially introduces the world to Danny Boyle <clears throat> it essentially introduces the world to Killian Murphy now they may have done some stuff before that that other people knew but like this is what broke them out onto the the international stage yeah 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 I haven't watched it in a long time I need to so we're at number five right. Uh, number six. Uh, I just finished up number six, so I think you. Oh, I just said okay. my number six was the host. Oh, yours was Chainsaw, yep. wasn't it? Mine was number six. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you started us out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is it my turn? No, Have we so done it's intros? You, <laughs> it's your number five. <laughs> Can you sing the birthday song? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, my number five. Short. Who got my ass? Kevin. Kevin Fever. Yeah, just again, a lot of fun. Uh, nothing new, but just uh, a fun '80s style throwback for a new generation. Yeah, for sure. Professor, you're number five. House of a Thousand Corpses. Ooh, it's coming. Um, I, back then, and I think you were kind of hinting <clears throat> towards this earlier. Uh, back then, I would have told you Devil's Rejects. Yeah, anymore. <clears throat> this is this is the one I want to throw on. Um, I, I think it's got a whole lot more throwback to to the the things that I love. I think it's just a better Friday night movie. Yeah. Um, also, I'm, a, I'm and I'm not sensitive to movies in terms of like if you want to push buttons and have some pretty foul content like Devil's Rejects has, that's fine. Make movies, but as I get older, I want to watch that less and less. Um, as opposed to House with Thousand Corpses, which I think is just a, a better time. It still gets pretty dark, yeah. but um, it's just a fun Friday night movie. And I can remember um, getting like a used copy of that at Blockbuster and watching it and being like, holy shit, Rob Zombie can direct the hell out of a movie. Because I didn't follow all the hoopla leading up to its release like a lot of people did. It was just, oh, Rob Zombie's directing a movie. Okay. Okay. And then I watched it and was like, oh, Okay. So yeah, it made a pretty big impression. I think on me. the reason why it's more digestible and rewatchable is because even though it does have dark stuff, it's stylized enough. Sure. That it feels more like a movie and it's fantasy, it's not real. And it also <clears> leads <throat> into that old dark house kind of comfortable just structure. look just look at the characters. They're more caricatures. Otis Driftwood looks like Chop topish. It, it's it's stylized. Whereas Otis Driftwood in House of a Thousand Corpses looks like a guy from your trailer court. So I think it's more digestible because there's a fantasy element to it. Yeah, it looks like it could have come out of a Tony <clears throat> Hooper movie, whereas Devil's Rejects looks like it came out of Henry, a portrait of a serial yes, killer. Yes, yeah. I gotcha. Uh, Corpses did not make my top ten. Uh, I'm historically not a big Rob Zombie fan. I have warmed up to this movie in particular more and more as the years have gone by. I think a lot of that is Sid Haig. Um, but I, it was in contention to be on my list, but it just ended up being an honorable mention. Gotcha. Yeah, it's going to come in just a shade higher on my list. But yeah, you're right. I mean, this, this movie gave Sid Haig to a new generation. Yeah, and it really, really did. Um. Yeah, it's just it's fun. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Uh, yes. So, uh, Vinny, your number five. My number five is two thousand four Dawn of the Dead. Great remake. I remember seeing that in a the theater. Same. And <clears throat> so that was an experience with an audience that I don't often get. I don't go. You know, I don't go a whole lot to the movies anymore. But uh. And I credit this more than 28 Days Later with igniting that zombie craze. That we're really, honestly, just now starting to see fizzle out this many years later. Mm-hmm. This this really gave way to the success of The Walking Dead and just that, that zombie fever that took off after this movie came out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's finally kind of tampered down and, and good riddance like yeah. I, I mean in fairness people said if daryl died they'd riot so <laughs> here we are here we are we just got turned off by a number of people <laughs> um 
Yeah, that remake is so good. And what I like is that it kept the spirit of the original story, but told its own story. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's, that's yes. why it, it works so well. It's got um, such a fantastic opening uh, with her coming home and going to bed and then waking up and the chaos unfolding. And then Johnny Cash coming on. And I can remember sitting in the theater and being like, I'm in. I'm in heaven. Let's strap in. We are here. They are remaking this movie I like, and this is badass so far. So, yeah, I can I can distinctly remember that moment when the song starts playing. Oh man, you were so excited because you went to an earlier showing mm-hmm. and you got home before we were going to a showing, and you were so excited. You were like, guys, this is it. <laughs> this is the real deal. That was my shit. Yeah, it was good. Pretty good pretty good and i think there's something about it too that hits for us as a generation about being in a mall that it may be gone yeah yeah this yeah. 10 15 years from now and that you know kids kids these kids today but they just won't understand the connection that we had to malls it's also uh, sobering how quickly those went away yeah, yeah. anyways don't know what you got till it's gone <laughs> Uh, so we just did number fives, right? Uh, yes. And mm-hmm. you let us off on number fives? Correct. All right. So. Sure. Wait. No, you just went. So did I let no. us off on number fives? Did you do your number five? I think I did. I led number five. Yeah, he, he led we, number five. Did we do introductions? So you've got a number five. I don't have a number five. Where'd it go? Dear listeners, we are not well. <laughs> uh, let's see if I can... Uh... It's our professionalism that they respect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said cabin fever, so I know okay. So maybe okay. I let off with number five. Okay. All Why right. don't you lead us off with number four, Professor? Uh, number four, this... So I've always been a, a constant horror fan, but this movie set me on fire. <clears throat> In 2009, The House of the Devil. This <clears throat> thing... I bought on a whim at the store. Nobody talked about it. I'd never heard a word about it. I just bought it because the cover looked interesting at Target. Took it home. And it rocked my shit. Um, It tapped back into all of the possibilities of what horror movies could be with the uncertainty. Leaning into, uh, you know, classic approaches from a filmmaker I was unfamiliar with. I just, I, I still love it. It's still so entertaining and good. Yeah. Um, so it's it's it had to be in my top five. It was it was a big deal to me. This is right before I was enlightened to conventions. But I mean, even before conventions, this had me wanting to see everything. After that, I yeah, was, I just more 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 more. I was elevated after this movie. I just, it was a big deal. Have you seen this one? Ben? I don't know if I have. If wow. I have, it's been a long. So are you so long ago that I don't remember? Not the babysitter. <laughs> you gotta watch it. Okay, you gotta watch it. All right, you gotta watch it. Hey, have you watched it since hey, convention? Hey, have you seen it? <laughs> Um, so this was one, uh, it's in my honorable mentions. This was one. I'm just, (laughs) uh, he just spit in my face, folks. Um, that I really, it didn't hit for me the first time. And I don't know why. Um, maybe just because you're a silly goose that too, but it's like, I don't know. In some of Ty West's films, he just doesn't have a huge payoff at the end. Um, but every time I've watched this since then, I've loved it. So, like, the first viewing, do whatever, but just, to, I mean, Tom Noonan's performance is worth the price of admission alone. Like, the throwback aesthetic to this is so good that yeah. I can remember when I got this home and started watching it, I paused it after the credits, because I was like, is this old? And I'm, like, looking it up, and I'm like, oh, no, this is a new movie. He just made it actually look like it was made in the early 80s. Yeah. Um, Man, I had fun with this one. And that's like when I think about another film of his that I really like now was The Innkeepers. Yes. That one's gotten much better for me, too. It it was such a fizzle ending the first time around, but I'm okay with that now. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that House of the Devil's a really good movie. And that's definitely a me pick. This was just super impactful on me for this decade. And this was, this was in A.J. Bowen's heyday. Yeah. Yeah. It was A.J. Bowen, right? Yeah, he's in there. Yeah. Don't forget, do you remember who gets it in the car? It's a small role, so I'm throwing out a spoiler. Uh, she directed Barbie last year. Holy shit. Greta Gerwig. 
Oh my gosh, no. no. I did not remember. I mean, I, I remember her getting she's, shot. Yeah, she's the friend. Wow. Future super director. I'll be damned. <clears throat> I'll be damned. <laughs> All right, Venomous One, what is your number four? This is not going to win any Critics' Choice Awards, <laughs> uh, but for me, 2003, Freddy versus Jason. This was Frankenstein meets the Wolfman for a generation. <clears throat> is it perfect? No. But is it a lot of fun? Yeah. You finally get to see it. You finally get to see it. And there's, I mean, and I'm going to mention this other one because I don't think it's going to be on anybody else's list. This manages to succeed where Alien versus Predator shits the bed. Yeah. Yeah. Freddy versus Jason gives you Freddy versus Jason. That's hard to fuck up. But a movie called Alien versus Predator somehow managed to not deliver on Alien versus Predator. Yeah. You're right. Which is a, it's a remarkable bed shitting. Yes. And, but Freddy versus Jason, there's there's nothing, again, no critic's choice or anything like that. It's Is it a flawed movie? Yes. Uh, but I think it's it's lizard brain. Oh, yeah. Kid from our generation. Cream dream. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And every time, I, I watch this with fairly regularity, and it's like every time I watch it, I'm like, Ken Kurtzinger is a pretty bad Jason. The makeup's terrible. But I love this movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you I got think fake J Muse in it. <laughs> and I think that you get Freddy at his most sinister. There's that one spot where the makeup's a little more demonic on him. His makeup is phenomenal in this. The best Freddy ever looked. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's a fun one. Um, it's it's one of those ones where it's it's journey there is fascinating when you dig into all the the different scripts that they mm-hmm. tossed and changed and all the 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 shit that just I mean when you really think about when both of these properties dried up and then how long it took to make this it's pretty insane yeah but yeah I'm with you it it delivered it was it was yeah. fun and it was directed by a guy who's not really a horror guy yeah 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 good one. Yeah, a big one for that decade too. That huge for that decade. I I, I applaud you including that because I can see a lot of people leaving that off because it's you know, it's not top shelf. No, it's not horror, but it it's what people wanted. Fuck yeah, it was, it was. Fun. Good choice. Oh yeah. Uh, short and sweet. House of a Thousand Corpses was my number four. Um, and I think we just failed to mention how damn good even the DVD looked. Like yeah. it was such a clean oh, yeah. transfer that honestly, side by side, the DVD and the Blu-ray aren't much different. Which yeah, is looks great, pretty crazy. Great menu too. You can just have Sid Hegg talk. Oh man, I, I've been tempted to <clears throat> buy the DVD again, even though I have it on Blu-ray, just so I can get the menu. Yep, just let it. Run. The menu is great. Oh yeah. Hey, what tiny do, Vinny? Fuck a stump. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. <clears throat> If I closed, that means Vinny now gets to unveil his number, number three. three. My number three was 28 Days Later. Mm. Okay. Never heard of it. Good stuff. <clears throat> okay. 28 Days Later. Um, <clears throat> funny that mine has a number and days in the title. My number three is 30 Days of Night. Ooh. I struggled with that one, too. If it was going to make my top ten, it eventually made it into my honorable mentions. But, yes, that's a that's a very good movie of the decade. Good choice. First time I watched it, I just thought it was good. Um, but Carrie and I watch it every winter. The premise is incredible. Yes. <clears throat> I just started uh, looking at the graphic novel, by the way. Oh, yeah. For the first time. Like, literally within the past week. Yeah. <clears throat> and it would be easy to write it off because of Josh Hartnett. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Josh Hartnett. But, like, the cast is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. The story's phenomenal. It's genuinely fucking scary. And even if it wasn't, the premise is fun. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A place that has no daylight for weeks. And how has this not happened until then? You know what I mean? How has this not been exploited in an idea that's been used? Because once you hear it, it's like, oh, duh. Yeah. But it it is really good. Yeah. And great winter horror watch. Oh, yeah. You can feel the cold. I mean, it's... I love this movie. Yeah. It's, it's really climbed on my list. I mean, it's it's my number three for the decade. So Excellent choice. 30 Days of Night. 
Uh, my number three, and I didn't talk about it earlier, just because I knew it was in my top three. The Mist. Um, yep. This is, and I. This is a, a retroactive climb. This was not something back in 2007 that I was doing cartwheels right. over. Um, but this movie has just become more and more potent and important to me. Uh-huh. Um, its approach to humanity and trapping people in the in the wake of you know the end of the world potentially it doesn't get any better. The cast is fantastic. I also agree the black and white version and the emergence of that just made that movie even so much better yeah. because it does hide some of the shortcomings with yes. CG in it. Um, and it's, it's, it's got the nuts to do the ending that it wants. Yeah. I mean, it's holy hell. What a movie. Yeah. And it's rewatchable. And that's a testament to it because it's so f- depressing. Yeah. And the fact that I would want to put that on and rewatch it, just shows how good the journey is versus being happy or in or sad at the end. Sure. And I think some of the rewatchability is just as you age and have different life experiences, the way that you identify with different characters yeah. in the story mm-hmm. at different yep. points. Good yeah. point. Yeah. For so yes. Sure. The mist rapidly climbing up my list every year. The mist. Okay. So Vinny, you started with number three, right? So then, my number two is a little film called Trick or Treat. Mm, nice pick. Yeah. You guys ever heard of it? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I didn't. It didn't make my list, but I have immense respect for it. Um, I think maybe unfair to it. I, I just lump it in with the holiday rather than I do thinking about the decade and the movies that came out in it, but. When you really put it under a microscope, it's excellent. Oh, yeah. It's a fantastic movie, so. I mean, probably the best anthology movie of the new millennium, post-2000. Off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. can't think of anything else, and I love an anthology. Yeah, Yeah. and the way it wraps it all together, and the the Sam character. I mean, I just, I think it's it's such a great popcorn Horror movie. It, it it made my honorable mentions. It didn't make my top ten, but I agree. It's a it's a really good movie and and a standout. All you have to do is go to a convention and see how it, how it has weathered time because you are almost guaranteed you're going to see somebody in a Sam cosplay while you're there. Sure. And what's really cool too is that it, um, you'll see it at cons. You'll see it at Spirit of Halloween mm-hmm. or Spirit Halloween, whatever the hell it's called. Uh, but it's still not like it's not overused like Nightmare Before Christmas. Right. You're not gonna find the stuff at like Target and Walmart. Right. I mean you're gonna see Walmart licenses everything, so you might see a little Oz in it. Right. But like it's not like you here's a whole aisle of trick or treat stuff right. where they easily could do that. Good choice. Yeah. What are we up to my number two? Your number two. My number two, I won't spend much time on it because we devoted half of an episode to it. Shaun of the Dead. Um I think it's the best horror comedy in, you know, what, 20 plus years? American Werewolf in London? Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the best offerings there is um, for horror comedies ever made. And it's something that even made an impact on me close, relatively close to when it came out. It's infinitely rewatchable. It's just one of my favorites. It's, yeah, it's, it's going to come in on my next pick. But <laughs> yeah, it's just phenomenal. I mean, it's... It's something that people will be talking about 50 years from now. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. I'll guess just a slight bit more. As you should for your top. Yeah. Uh, number two for me was The Mist. Okay. Mm. Okay. Him's got good taste. Yeah. Yeah. Nice nice, nice round of fellows here. The Mist <laughs> hit for all three of us. Uh, my, oh, I guess I started with my number two, so... Um, Professor, you get to close out with my final number one. Uh, the number one goes to a because I think it made a big impact on even people who aren't devoted genre fans, just moviegoers in general. But it's also the greatest horror moment I had in a movie theater during this time. That's The Strangers. I think mm. it set the tone um, for what people were scared of for a number of years afterwards. I, I think that it was very quietly a super important horror movie even with stars in it and being mainstream, but I still can vividly remember being in the theater on opening night. And it's one of the most intense visceral 
experiences I've ever had with other human beings watching a horror movie. Because this kind of plot device and approach hadn't been done to death. It was scary as shit. Oh, yeah. The whole theater was packed and scared. Like yeah. when those faces are popping up behind curtains and shit. I just, it has to be number one for me. There was no greater horror experience I had in this decade than seeing that. Nice. That made my honorable mention list. Um, yeah. I mean, we always joke about me being the prepper, you know, but this movie's a reason why. <laughs> this movie's a reason why, you know, I, uh, I'm protecting this house, you know. Um, it sticks with you. Yeah, especially the random finish. <clears throat> well, that's, that's, that's the bitch of it. Yeah, you don't even get to leave with comfort. You get to go home thinking about the, the concept. Shit. Yeah, why because you, you were home. Yeah, why are you doing this? Yeah. Did not make my list or honorable mentions. Not because it's not a good movie. It is, but it's not my cup of tea. It's yeah. not my flavor. Oh, right. yeah, because I think when we did the Home Invasion Roundtable, you were like, I don't watch these movies. Yeah, I don't. I, it, it, I, don't, I like a little bit of fantasy in my horror. Yeah. I like a little bit of a removal from reality. Number one? Number one. Uh, number one for me is Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. For the whole decade, it's Shaun of the Dead. Um, just the comedy's genius. Uh, it It's a parody without you having it, but it's not scary movie parody. You don't really have to have seen anything else. You could You can be pedestrian knowledge of zombie movies and you still get it. Um... You can tell there's love for the genre. Uh, the, the the mirrored scenes of his walk to the store is is one of the most genius things I've ever seen in a movie. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just for the whole decade. That's what stands out as the top work that came out of it to me is Shaun of the Dead. Likewise, it's my number one. Um, it's one that you watch and rewatch, and you still. Maybe I don't catch new things anymore, but I point out just how cheeky things were and still are. Like, that still cracks me up. That's still a brilliant mm-hmm. shot. That's still uh, it's still so silly that it shouldn't work, but it does. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> it's just full of that. It's packed. And the beauty of it is, is you can watch that and have no knowledge yeah. of the movies that it's paying homage to <clears throat> and it's a, a funny scary moving movie without knowing any of that yeah. but Jesus it's packed full of it it's unreal. I mean even little musical cues from Dawn of the Dead will just pop up right in the middle of the movie yeah it's just it's it's such a rewarding view for for horror fans especially and you know I love as I watch more British cinema and, and TV the more jokes that I get when I watch oh, yeah. it like oh oh that's that's funny because it's Play and this. he's the director Edgar Wright's went on to have a wonderful career oh, with yeah. just all kinds of different movies. But Jesus, what a what a great one this was! Yeah, unreal. And the, what's cool about this too is it grabbed people pretty much immediately. A lot yes. of times, things like this will mm-hmm. take ten years to yeah. catch on over here. This had its claws in yeah. people pretty quick. I yep. think largely because everybody was buying up DVDs. Yeah, and so you know some of the exposure was a little bit quicker with some things. But yeah, this was a big deal pretty quick. Sure, I agree. Mm, good shit. Boy, couple of uh, honorable mention remakes. I think I, we should mention for this decade is the Hills Have Eyes remake. Ugh, still makes me feel dirty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Amityville remake with Ryan Reynolds, which I still watch over the original. Which was very, it was very good. Yeah. Um, and one that's <clears throat> not necessarily a big one for me, but I know that there is a huge audience for it is Thirteen Ghosts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people who are like, I no, that's that. my that's my favorite horror movie. I was a little too old for it to be like over the top Same. fun, but it's a good time. I like that one. I like the original. They're a good time. And in that same vein, a, a lot of people really enjoy the House on Haunted Hill remake. Yeah, yeah I forgot about that. I one. still I still get creeped out thinking about the video camera. Shit. Oh God, me too. And so like Friday Night Popcorn, I'll watch the House on yeah. Haunted Hill remake. It's a lot of fun. Um, what are a few I want to make sure we mention? Uh, the Descent, which I've gushed over on the show before. Yeah. That's why I didn't include it in my list, but it could easily be interchangeable with something like Hostel. I, I sure. love it. Um, Hatchet is a big deal. It is. Um, it's not for me, but it definitely, at least it was an original 
not a remake for that yeah. decade. It was something I don't think that it ever is going to reach the slasher status that they really wanted it to be. Yeah. As far as icons go, but I it, for what it is, it's good. Yeah. Um so those two I want to mention and then um Frailty. Good one. And American Psycho. Yeah. Oh yeah. I thought about that one too. I think those are both those are also some really high quality movies. One that's horror adjacent, like Underworld, but I still think is a good movie is Hellboy. It's a great uh, movie. Mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro's fingerprints are all over that thing. The makeup is fantastic uh, with the characters. Like it's still comic booky enough that you get that action side of things, but there's enough of your horror element in there. Like I, I think Hellboy probably doesn't get as much credit as it probably should for an yeah. impact that it had on the genre. Doug Jones, baby. Doug Jones. I mean, yeah. And the second one's good, too. It is. Yeah. It's it's not as good as the first one, but it is not. But it's, it's a, not much disparity. It's not a dramatic two. drop no. in quality. No. No. Uh, I had a couple honorable mentions. One <laughs> is one that was just buried when it came out that people are now really uh, warming up to is Jennifer's Body. Yes, that yes, was on my that list. Was on my list is my honorable mentions honorable as well. Mention. I think we were all surprised by that when we watched <clears throat> it for the show. Yeah. You're welcome. Because we really expected it to be a uh, just Megan Fox look at her look at her body. Yeah. And it wasn't that it at was all. It was not that at all. Um, and then uh, another honorable mention is a little cult classic out of Canada called Pool. Mm. Yes. You ever watch Pontypool, Vinny? I don't think so. Another good winter one. Yeah, I might have sent you home with that one. I'm oh, surprised. No. Planet Terror. I need to make sure I mentioned Oh, that. yeah. Or just Grindhouse. Grindhouse, period. yeah. Yeah, Planet Terror. I was kind of surprised and, you didn't bring up 2001 Maniacs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I kind it. of I kind of figured that would be <clears throat> on your list. Yeah, I love it, but it's definitely not top ten. Um, yeah. But Pontypool, for those of you who hadn't seen it, a weird outbreak going on in the town and it's uh you're, you're basically isolated in this dj booth with this dj who's trying to figure out what sounds like a horror movie to me causing the outbreak <laughs> and then michael myers shows up no, i'm kidding <laughs> um yeah but yeah 2001 maniacs definitely another honorable mention yeah so all right any more to say on i don't think so now other than just i was like kind of viewing decades as a whole through the lens of this kind of exercise. And as we mentioned earlier at the opening of the show, way more packed than I realized. Way more. Oh yeah. Way more. I I really thought this was going to be, I had more difficulty deciding what was going to make up the 10 out of how many there were. Whereas I thought it was going to be hard just to find 10. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I I started and I was like, holy shit, I've I've got 20 already. Yeah. You know, and I just got to start paring it down, especially my initial decision was just to pair off remakes. Yeah. Um, not that they are bad because they're great. They're some yeah. the top films of the decade, but yeah. Yeah. All right. What a, what a treat. Hey, and just a reminder, we're on Spotify now. Hey, yeah. you can find us on Apple Podcasts <laughs> and Spotify. <laughs> can I put my clothes back on, please? No. All right. I've been Grizzly Abner counting down the early aughts. And I've been joined by Professor Wagstaff. Venomous Vinny. Stay scary.